0: Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I, and I, my attendants, will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though is it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. I suppose if you were to come up with a hymn for uh, the book of Esther, He Leadeth Me... Would would be would be a great hymn. And uh, last week we gave you introduction to the book of Esther. Talked about technical things and and uh, just uh, some controversies over the book. Today I just want to tell you uh, the rest of the story. It's summertime. Sit back, relax, listen to the story. It is one of the great stories. Esther. Uh, a young Jewish girl married King Xerxes, Ahasuerus in your King James Bible, and uh, she had uh, come into the harem and uh, she was the number one number one queen number number one person married to the king and uh, a place of honor and her uncle, who looked after her and raised her. Uh, still treated her like a father. Uh, would come every day uh, to into the palace gates to see how Esther was doing. And uh, even though he couldn't go into the harem to see her, her himself, uh, he would wait there and try to hear word or or if someone would she would send someone out to uh, see him. Uh, he would hear news from Esther. And uh, while he was uh, fulfilling some of his uh, official duties. Sitting in, it says it's sitting in the king's gate. That's where you would sit to uh, do important business transactions and uh, important uh, judging actions. Um, While he was sitting there, he overheard two of the king's guards. And these guards were angry and they wanted to kill the king. And Mordecai heard this and so he relayed the news to Esther about this plot. And they researched the plot, and they found out it was true. And they took those two soldiers who were the king's guard and impaled them on um, stakes. (laughs) That's how uh, Assyrians and Persians would impale people. Uh, They would take you, and they would uh, put your body on the stake, and you would hang there, uh, still alive, and eventually you would just die hanging on the stake. Uh, The king wrote that down in the book. Mordecai has saved his life. He's revealed the plot. Now, King Xerxes honored Haman more than any of his other officials. And every time Haman came into the king's court, everyone would bow down before him, or if they were sitting down, they would stand up to give him respect. And uh, Haman came in all the time, uh, But there was one person who would not bow down or pay him respect and wasn't afraid of him at all. And that was Mordecai. And every time Haman came in, Mordecai would just not even worry about it. He wouldn't stand up. He wouldn't bow down, wouldn't pay respect to to Haman. And everyone else saw what he was doing. And they were surprised. How is he getting away with this? And so they asked Mordecai, why, why are you doing this? Why don't you bow down and show respect? And if you read the Bible, it doesn't tell you, he doesn't give an answer as to why, other than he says, well, I'm a Jew. And so now, as Haman came in, they would pay special attention, and everyone would watch to see what Mordecai would do, and he wouldn't bow down. And eventually they thought, Let's tell Haman. See what he thinks about this. And for some reason, Haman had been oblivious to it. But now that it was pointed out to him, when he came into the palace, he watched. And sure enough, Mordecai did not give him respect, and he did not bow down, and he was enraged. And he was so mad that he thought, I'm not just going to kill Mordecai. I'm going to kill him and every other Jew in the entire Persian Empire. He went to the king. And he said, King, there is a people in your empire. And they always keep to themselves. They don't intermarry. And they follow their own customs And they don't obey you or the laws of the land. And here's my plan. My plan is that we get rid of them all. And I will pay for it. I think the Bible says 10,000 talents of silver. I will give you the money to do it. And King Xerxes says, Here is my signet ring. You make up whatever law or edict you want. This gives you the power to do it. But keep your money. So Haman calls together the bureaucrats and the officials and the eunuchs and they come up with an edict and they cast a lot and the Bible says the lot is called a pure, P-U-R. And they cast the lot and it falls on a certain day in the 12th month. That's the day. I think it's the 13th day. Am I right? 13th day, okay, I'm just going by memory. The 7th day? March the 7th. Oh. Oh, NLT. Um, They didn't have the month of March. (laughs) I think it's the 12th month and the 13th day. And uh, that was the day. 12th month, 13th day. That's the day that you can rise up, you can kill Jews, and you can take their stuff. I was trying to think about what would happen if we did that today. If you told people that you could go and rough somebody up or even kill them and go into their house and take whatever you wanted, that, that would be mayhem. Okay, just who knows what would, who knows what would happen. It would be craziness. That was, that was the decree. Well, they made the copies of the decree... They sent it out, they read it in the town square, and Mordecai got a copy, the other Jews in Susa, the capital of Persia. And Mordecai put on his sackcloth and his ashes, and he went into the town square weeping and wailing because his people were going to be completely destroyed. And all the Jews put on their sackcloth and ashes, and they all fasted and weeped, uh, destruction was coming, and Mordecai went to the king's gate, he could not enter into the palace area wearing sackcloth and ashes, he went to the king's gate, and eventually it was told to Esther, Mordecai is out there and he's wearing sackcloth and ashes, and so Esther sent out some good clothes for him to wear so that he could change, here, please change, and he, but he would not do that. And so eventually she sent a messenger, one of the eunuchs, out to speak to him. And uh, the eunuch asked what happened. And Mordecai explained the situation, what kind of trouble they were in. And he said, Esther, you need to go to the king, and you need to ask him to help us. Ask for leniency. Ask him to do something. Ask him to save you and save your people. And that's when Esther sends back the message, I can't do that. I can't go into the king's presence because that's, the, that's a death sentence. Cra- that's a crazy marriage, right? I can't go into the king's presence. That's a death sen- sentence, and he has not seen me for 30 days. And that's the passage that uh, Brent read today, one of the important passages of the book. Mordecai sends back this message. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Beautiful, important words. Who knows... But maybe God has you here for just this situation. Now notice it doesn't say God there. That's what I think. That's what I think it means. God has put you in this situation, you, so that you could save your people. But if you don't do it, don't think that he doesn't have somebody else who can do something. He does. You and your family will perish and God will use somebody else to deliver his people. Uh, I think that's one of the great statements of faith. They believed that God was going to look after the Jewish people because He had something yet to do for the world through the Jewish people. Now they didn't know about Jesus. We know that that's, that was that was what they, that's what He was going to do. He was going to bless all of us through the Jews by being, bringing Jesus Christ into this world through them. Well, Esther sends back this reply: Go and gather all the Jews. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, three nights. And I and my attendants will do the same thing. And when this is done, I'm going to go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. On the third day, Esther got dressed up, went into the palace, and she stood in the outer room of the palace. And the king was sitting on the throne. And through the throne room, you could see through the back door. And as he looks through the back door, he could see Queen Esther dressed up, called her forward, held out the scepter so that she could touch the scepter in his hand. She was not going to die. And the king said, what is it, Esther? What do you want? I will give you up to half the kingdom. Just ask me. And she says, if it pleases the king, will the king and Haman... Come to a lunch today that I've prepared. And uh, I love the response. Bring Haman at once. <laughs> Bring Haman at once. <laughs> the king's excited. Bring Haman at once so that we may do what Esther asks. Uh, those of you who were here last week, you remember uh, The reason why Esther became the queen is that uh, the king had summoned the other queen to come in, Queen Vashti, and she had refused. And so they had produced an edict for the entire empire that women had to obey their husbands. Remember that? That was the edict that went out. All the women had to obey their husbands. Uh, Don't follow the queen. Uh, all women have to obey their husbands. And it's funny, as you come to this text, he goes, we have to do what Esther asks us. <laughs> right? Now the husband is obeying the, now the husband's obeying the wife. Funny how things like that happen in the book of Esther. So the king and Haman, they go to the banquet that Esther has prepared. And uh, while they're drinking, the king goes, what's your, posi- what's your petition? Ask me. You can have up to half the kingdom. And Esther said, well, my petition and request is this. Please let Haman and yourself, the king and Haman, come to a banquet that I will give for you tomorrow. Then I will answer the king's question. I will tell you what I want. Well, Haman went out happy. Oh, he was happy. This is wonderful. He was so happy, and he goes walking out of the palace, and as he goes walking at the gate, there's Mordecai. And he doesn't stand up, and he doesn't bow down. That just ruined his day. Most important person in the kingdom, all the wealth, and yet there's Mordecai. He calls together his friends and his wife, and he boasts to them. He goes, Look, you know, I'm so wealthy I have ten sons. And all the other ways the king has honored me. And he goes, and not only that, Queen Esther has a, is having a special banquet, and it's just me and the king that are going to it. This is so wonderful. But all this gives me no satisfaction because Mordecai won't bow down when I walk by. He's ruining my day. So his wife comes up with the plan. Uh, you've heard my little saying, behind every bad man there's a bad woman. That's not true. Except this time. Because this is the plan his wife comes up with. Let's set up a pole 75 feet high and impale Mordecai on the top of the pole. This week, during the, this week during the sport camp, we were out in the parking lot, and one of the kids looked up at the light with the, with the pole in the parking lot, middle of the parking lot. And he said to me, how high is that? I said, I think it's about 35 to 40 feet. He goes, wow, that's high. 75-foot pole. Like, how are they going to get him on the top of the pole to stick him on it? Like, I, I don't even know. Like, are you going to shimmy up the pole? So one guy shimmies up the pole, and then they drag him up with the rope? Like, I, I don't even know how, you, how you're going to impale him on the top of the pole. Like, it's crazy. I'm just so mad I want to stick him on the top of a huge pole. Well, the Bible says this suggestion delighted Haman. Now he's happy again. That night the king couldn't sleep. The king couldn't sleep and he didn't know what to do. So he said, all right, bring me the royal records. Let's read some royal records. Let's get some work done if I can't sleep. So they bring the royal records out and they're reading some of the, you know, bureaucratic stuff you you can imagine what that's like this is like counting sheep and he expects to go to sleep and all of a sudden he hears Mordecai uncovered a plot to save the king's life and the king said did we ever do anything to help Mordecai or to honor Mordecai for what he did and they looked in the records and they say no we didn't do anything and so the king said okay Go and find whatever nobles in the court and bring them here. we got to do something for Mordecai. Just so happens, Haman was on his way into the palace. And Haman was coming into the palace to ask to be able to put Mordecai on top of a pole. He comes into the king's presence, and the king says to him, Haman, what do you think we should do? For the person the king wants to honor. And Haman thought, well, who, who, who could the king want to honor more than me? Who, el- who else would there be? I'm the one that's going to be honored. And so he said, here's what I think you should do. You should take one of the royal robes that the king has worn and put it on him. And take one of the royal horses that the king has ridden and put him on the horse and have one of your important officials and nobles lead this man through the city and announce, this is what the king does for the man he wants to honor. After all, that's, what, that's, what, that's all Haman wanted. Honor and fame and importance. The king says, go at once. Get the robe. Get the horse. Do just as you, you've suggested for Mordecai the Jew. And don't neglect anything you've recommended. So Haman got the robe. He got the horse. He put it on Mordecai. He led him on horseback through the city streets. And while he did, he shouted and proclaimed, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Afterwards, Mordecai returned to the king's gate. Haman rushed home. His head covered in grief. He told his wife, he told his friends, and they said, you're done. You are done. You have set in motion a plan against the Jewish people, and you have gone against Mordecai. Now the king has honored him, and you are against him. And while they're talking with him, the king's eunuchs come, and they say, it's time to go to Esther's banquet.'" They're there at the banquet. King and Haman. They're drinking wine. And finally the king says, Esther, what's your request? What do you want? I'll give it to you up to half the kingdom. And she says, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition. Spare my people. This is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed Killed and annihilated. Now if we were just going to be sold as slaves, I wouldn't have said anything. Because that would not be important enough to bring to your attention. Xerxes said, Who is he? Where is he? The man who would dare do such a thing. And Esther said, An adversary and an enemy. This vile Haman. Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. The king was so angry he left the room. And while he left the room, Haman knew his fate had been sealed. And so he begs from Esther. And while begging from her, he is on top of her on the couch. The king comes back in and sees that. (laughs) Now he just flips right out. He would do this in front of me And as soon as the guards hear that, they come and they cover his face and they take him out. One of the eunuchs standing by said, Haman has set up a pool, 75 feet high, to impale Mordecai upon it. The king said, impale him on it. So they put Haman on the pool that he had set up for Mordecai. And the king's fury had subsided. That same day, King Xerxes called in Mordecai. Now that, now it's out. Mordecai's a Jew. Esther's a Jew. She calls, he calls in Mordecai. He gives him an official position. He gives him royal robes to wear. He gives him his signet ring so that now he has power to make laws. And uh, they come up with a plan. They obviously can't change the law that has been out there, but now what they do is they send out an order. On the 13th of the 12th month, the Jews can gather together to defend themselves, and the king's soldiers can help them. And so on the 13th of that month, people did attack them, but they were able to fight them off. In fact, not only did they fight them off, their adversaries lost possessions. Things went so well that they actually took it to the 14th day. In every province and every city of Persia, there was joy and gladness and feasting and celebration. The Jews were so excited. God had saved them, and God had saved them through Queen Esther. It's interesting how things come full circle. King Saul, the first king of Israel, had a job from God to fight against the Amalekites ancient enemies of Israel fought against the Amalekites and he defeated them, but he saved their king from destruction. The name of the king was Agag. And uh, Saul saved the king from destruction. His name was Agag. And it's interesting that Haman is an Agagite. He is a descendant of Agag, the king that Saul was supposed to destroy. And Mordecai, his, one of his ancestors' name is Kish. Same name as Saul's father. Saul's father was Kish. Mordecai's father, ancestor, grandfather is Kish. And so here, Haman, the son of Agag, trying to kill Mordecai, the son of Kish, and instead it's Mordecai, the son of Kish, killing Haman, the son of Agag. It's interesting how people always try to destroy God's people. By the way, we haven't seen the end of that. We, I think we live in the last days. One of the things that will happen in the last days is that Israel will be attacked. First of all, there will be a plan to secure Israel's peace, Uh, We believe a one-world leader will sign a peace treaty with Israel. That is one of the signs of the end times. That same leader will then eventually end the peace treaty with Israel because he wants to destroy them. The world will want to destroy all the Jews again. God will protect the Jews. And the fury of the world will turn onto their partners and in the book of Revelation, they're called those who hold to the testimony of Jesus and those who obey his commands, that's us, will face this same kind of hatred, vitriol, and destruction. Uh, this is, it's, it's, it all sounds so ancient, but it's not ancient. This, this kind of hatred still persists to this day. Uh, God's people still attack to this day and uh, those who would hold to the testimony of Jesus attack to this day. I believe that God works in our lives to uh, do wonderful things in our lives and I think God has put you in this time and place because he's got something for you to do. I'm excited for the days that we live in. These are the days that God wants us to live in. And just like God had a time and a place for Esther, I believe God has a time and a place for you. That's why he's got you alive right now, so that you can do something wonderful and great for him. I was listening to a preacher talk about how God works in our lives secretly to do great things for us. And this is just a story to remind you of that. He was from Kentucky, and his father was a pastor, and he was a teenager, and the family decided to move. His father decided to move and take a church in Detroit, and so here he was moving from Kentucky to Detroit. Uh, It sounds exciting until you get to Detroit, and uh, he was so unhappy this young teen. Uh, He left all his friends. He left all his uh, uh, wonderful place to live in Christian County, Kentucky. And here they were in Detroit uh, going to the same high school that Eminem went to um, at 8 Mile and whatever. Uh, This is terrible. He's feeling bad for himself. And uh, when he went to school, um, he found out that... uh, People in the north make fun of people in the south because they talk funny. And uh, so they would say to him, uh, uh, did you guys wear shoes down there in Kentucky? And stuff like that. And he went to lunch the first day. And and when he went into lunch into the high school, uh, there was no place to sit. He didn't know where to sit. You know what it's like when you go to high school, what kind of... uh, anxiety that can be if you have no friends. But he noticed there were two tables at the back and they were empty. And so he went back to sit at those two tables at the back. No sooner had he sat down, looked down at his lunch, someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Uh, you're at our table. And he said, well, well, If you would just let me stay at this table today, I promise I won't sit here tomorrow. I'll find somewhere else to go. And the guy said to him, hey, you're from the south. (laughs) He said, yeah, I'm from the south. He goes, where were you from in the south? He said, I'm from Kentucky. He goes, okay, from Kentucky. He goes, where are you from in Kentucky? He said, I'm from Western Kentucky. He goes, Western Kentucky. Yeah. He goes, where at in Western Kentucky? He goes, i from Christian County in Kentucky. And he goes, do you know Hoptown? I think it's Hopkinville, the, the county seat. And he goes, yeah, I, that was not too far from me. He goes, yeah. And he goes... Uh, do you know, I forget the name of the other place, some little town in western Hop Christian County, Kentucky. He goes, yeah, I know that town. It's like five miles down the road from where we lived. And he goes, do you know a guy by the name of, and he gave them a the guy's name. And he said, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. He was a deacon in our church. And he goes, yeah, that guy's my uncle. And here he was, a boy from Kentucky, going to a high school in Detroit, from somebody who went to Kentucky often to see his uncle. And he said, from that moment in, I was part of the in crowd. (laughs) I went from nothing to one of the cool kids. Uh, Everybody there were musicians. And I thought musicians weren't the cool kids when I was in high school. But in his story, the musicians were cool. It's interesting how God works in our lives to get us to the right place at the right time at the right people. He does that in our lives. Uh, He did it in the story of Esther. And he has a purpose for it. And he has a purpose for you. And uh, the point is not to be afraid. The point is to stand up for Christ and to build relationships and get busy serving him. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.